I'm Marshall Trimble, official Arizona State historian. Right alongside the Verde River in town of Jerome. It became a ghost town for a while. Then a man named Maynard Keenan in the mid-1990s came out to the wickedest city in the West, and there he met up with Yuri Kolomsky. By golly, they started growing grapes. less than six acres just because financially it's just as easy to farm a hundred acres as it is to farm ten acres so to, <laughs> to farm a half an acre is just kind of uh, silly <laughs> you know my perception of winemaking is that it helps humans get closer to the earth especially if it's ushered to them in a way where they understand this wine came from here and that's why it tastes this way and why it smells this way more we appreciate something, the more apt we are to preserve it, protect it, and interact with it in a more positive way. I had a dream about being in Arizona, and I had no real interest in moving to Arizona. Just, of course, the first criticism that people have is that a desert isn't full of cactuses and you know, cement, and the answer is not necessarily up here. And I fell in love with it right away, and it didn't take long for me to start having visions of grapes on these slopes. Arizona's my home, and my wines are an expression of a place that I call home. Today we're bottling Caduceus Premier Paso. This was the first wine Maynard ever conceived here with me at Paisbury Cellars. Tasting wine, testing barrels, putting blends together, that's all this artistic stuff. It's a lot of fun. Bottling is, is kind of the process that every winemaker ruse. We want to welcome Maynard James Keenan and Eric Glomsky, founders of the Arizona Stronghold Vineyards, uh, here today. When you guys are picking the grapes, what exactly are you looking for? It's like writing a song. You just want to let the sounds happen in a room and, and go with whatever Arizona on this particular spot on the globe wants to offer up for flavors, that's what we're going to do. We let the grape speak for itself. Not only are we on a frontier here with regards to, you know, Arizona, but we're on kind of a frontier here with viticulture expressing this place that, that is Mayor's Vineyard. The location is special. The vineyard itself is special. It's worth taking the risk, basically. Yeah. So... This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. How you doing tonight? It's almost Thursday night. Get thirsty. Get fucked up. Well, tomorrow I'm going to work, and then after that I'm going to go see. There's a reason behind this. There's always a reason behind everything that I do, whether you think so or not. Whether some of my listeners are like, oh, my God, he's got the ADD. I do, yeah. The Ritalin didn't help. And so I'm all over the place. But I know how to, you know package everything that I'm talking about into something rich and listenable and whether you like it or not, whether I'm, and that's the other thing. I'm not going to talk about conspiracy theories or, uh, true crime. That really just doesn't interest me. If that interests you, you know where to go. So here we are tonight, Dr. Zeus film podcast, because tomorrow I'm going to go see Pussifer. I, th I think I said it right. Uh, back in January, I saw Tool, fronted by, well, not fronted. I mean, he's in it, Maynard James Keenan, who's also in Pussifer, who's also in A Perfect Circle. Mm. 
In 2010, directed by Ryan Page and Christopher, is it Pormacki? Christopher Pomerake. Christopher Pomerake, Blood into Wine. A 2010 documentary film about the northern Arizona wine industry focusing on Maynard James Keenan and Eric Klomsky and their Caduceus brand wine. It was released in 2010 theatrically on it. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. The a soundtrack featuring remixes of Keenan's band Pussifer. Oh, yeah. It's a great soundtrack. It's at 100, and 100 minutes. It's fascinating. Yes. That is a rock star making wine that he likes to think of himself as a winemaker and i respect that i want to give a shout out to my friend melody who i think she met him and i think she didn't you get the wine now unfortunately i can't drink wine and that's fine by me that really is fine by me mm. but i can vicariously to quote tool enjoy it did you get into winemaking? How and what did you fall in love with about wine? Yeah, I get that. I get that question a lot. I guess I could ask. You know, I could retort with, you know, why music? I think it's just everyone has that moment when they discover something on their own that wasn't handed to them that kind of resonates on some certain level that that you know drives them to ask more. And it's kind of you know, a self-fulfilling thing. You kind of you know you're kind of learning about yourself. It's a matter of self-discovery, and then you ask more questions and you make a sound and uh, it's your sound and it resonates on some certain level and, and with me it was with winemaking I had that same moment where I was you know having the right wine with the right dinner and something clicked and it just compelled me to to want to know more about what that's about and how it relates to my world and this world I'm living in and how far can I take this as an artist um, are you guys going to Follow me everywhere. <laughs> That's, uh, well, he's, he's sitting on the toilet. What else can we say about that? There's a lot going on in Blood into Wine. First of all, I love that song. Uh, I think it's Legend of the Sour Grapes. It's hilarious. And I was listening to it one time on my way to Los Angeles. And I was on the phone with someone. They're like, what the fuck are you listening to? I said, it's funny, isn't it? They were like expecting me, you know, to listen to. Well, you know how people are. Why didn't you listen to like the new Madonna? Because it sucked. It sucked. I don't even think Madonna likes the new Madonna. I don't even think Madonna likes Madonna anymore. I know that's a controversial statement, and so fuck it. We won't we won't dive any further. But as we dive further into blood and into wine, there are some funny fucking moments in this documentary. This whole valley below us here used to be an ancient lake bed. And it's possible that this material here are old sediments that sat in the in the bottom of that lake. And that would help explain a little bit why some of these um, rocks are smoothed. Maybe they were deposited there by rivers, or maybe water was working on them over time. This ultimately is going to be what gives Maynard's wines their character. So not only are we on a frontier here with regards to you know, Arizona, but we're on kind of a frontier here with viticulture 
and the idea of expressing this place that is Mayer's Vineyard, and it's unlike any other Cabernet I've ever had before. Eric at some point had either called me or over dinner had talked about meeting this rock star. He said, well, his name is Maynard Keenan, and I think his band is Tool, I think. The way he presented it was pretty funny. Something about the cellar working and this car rolls up, big black car, and this guy gets out, and I think a girl with a leash or a collar and black leather, kind of like a female Wolverine, gets out of the car. That's, no. What, I'm gonna roll into a fucking vineyard with a chick and a dog collar? Come on, dude. You that, that I completely dispute that because I wouldn't, I wouldn't roll into a vineyard with somebody like that. I and mean, that's not, it's not, look at me, dude. I'm not, you know, what am I, Ozzy Osbourne out right now? I love Ozzy, don't get me wrong. But we're not shouting at the devil right now. We're not uh, barking at the moon or any of that stuff. We're just, it's just, we're in the, we're in the fucking woods. <laughs> we're out here digging in dirt. Uh, no dog collared eyeliner chicks allowed. That's just embarrassing. I met Maynard. Let's pull away because the music and, you know, I have a thing about the copyright. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm only playing this tonight because I'm going to go see Pussifer tomorrow. And um, if James is listening, don't hate me. It's like every time I go to a show, I hate you. I wish I could take you. He brought up Blink-182. I know this is off topic, but it's my show. Fuck you. I can talk about it. And I'm talking to the audience. Well, not fuck you, but proverbially. Um, uh, and those tickets just like crazy. I'm trying to get him to go to Aftershock next year. Because he was like, well, I don't know. And I'm, yeah. And then another person whom James and I used to hang out with. Oh, she knows who... She knows what we're talking about, don't you? Um, I'm going to go see Pussifer. So she was like, okay, fabulous. <laughs> I wish I could take you. I really do. Because then you could drive rather than me, you know. Although I'm sure you wouldn't mind my driving. As my friend said, and I quote, when I drove them to see Motley Crue, that was a fuck fest. Motley Crue and Poison and Def Leppard and Joan Jett. And I've stated on this show many times that I preferred Joan Jett and Def Leppard. And I had to drive there and I had to drive home. Okay. So, and the, you know, they, here's how I solved things. I just played some really satanic rock. I played behemoth and in fact, their album was called the Satanist. So I'm sure Maynard would love that. Wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, I would love to take her, um, I guess I owe it to her and him. Take them to go see Tool next time, maybe, or not maybe. I mean, they'll they'll beat me up. Yeah, I think everyone's changed in this considerable time. I've changed. They've changed for the better. You know, you you grow up. I was really wild in my twenties. I really was. I mean, some people don't believe it, but I. Those two were, were privy to it. Those two were really privy to it. My college days. And then when I would hang out with others, oh, geez. And I've said this before, and I'm not ashamed of it. As, um, like, we would do our finals, and then we would party that night. We would party that night. We would not wait till Saturday. We would do it on 
Thursday. It was like, okay. No, I was not really a club person, but James and our lady friend, she she always liked to go to the Fat Cat. Isn't that right? Um, not my kind of scene. I'm more, you know, as I grew into a person, I'll acknowledge this because I haven't seen her in a long time or, or James. Um, as I grew into a person, a lot of, I like kind of gravitated toward my people, you know what I mean? Punk and rock and, and then a little more, more of the metal, you know, and the darkness, dark forces, conjure. Yeah. Um, whether I do that or not, that's none of your business audience. Uh, but into back into blood, into wine. I mean, there are moments that, where it's funny because he's really fucking with the camera. He is fucking with the camera when he when he gets when Maynard James Keenan gets interviewed. I mean, come on, come on. He's playing with them. He's playing with them. And, and then there's a touchy moment where he talks about his mom, Judith. In fact, that was his first, you know, the, the first wine was called the, his Judith. And um, if you're a tool aficionado, you know about the songs, you know about Jimmy, you know about um, Push It and H. And if I can find it. Alrighty. I mean, there, there's a lot going on in this documentary. And yes, they highlight the fact that Harry Maynard is in these three crazy bands. Tull, Pussifer, and A Perfect Circle. And how he's able to multitask. Although when he was going to do the vocals for Fear Inoculum, he had to wait till I think the harvest was done. That's what I read. So, oh God, these fucking commercials. When I get a little warm, honey, I'm going to buckle down and get YouTube premium because I'm tired of this shit. As a podcaster, come on, fuck you. Then anything's possible. It's taken about nine years contemplating the areas where we were going to plant, breaking ground, navigating local politics to even break ground. Here we go. What our 10 hour day, but really the culmination of almost 16 months worth of work all coming together in this bottle right here. April 10th, 2009. This is uh, the first time we uh, have bottled a 100% Caduceus wine from northern Arizona. All the elements that go into making up the terroir of this area it's the limestone, the volcanic ash, the slopes the rainfall, everything going into it. This is kind of added up to something that's far less Californian than we'd an anticipated. It's uh, much closer in profile to like a Leoville Lascasse or a, like a left bank Bordeaux. If this is what we can get out of this soil, kind of letting this soil speak for itself, then anything's possible. It's taken about nine years contemplating the areas where we were gonna plant, breaking ground, navigating local politics to even break ground, um, very hands-on. Very small site. Uh, we have just under 670 vines on this spot. Uh, no one in their right mind would 
plant a vineyard that's less than six acres or ten acres just because financially it's it's just as easy to farm a hundred acres as it is to farm ten acres uh, so to, <laughs> to farm a half an acre is just kind of uh, silly <laughs> but the location is special the vineyard itself is special it's worth taking the risk basically this is the first bottling of Negual del Judith, Cabernet Sauvignon from uh, Yavapai County, Arizona. Judith is uh, named after my mother, Judith Marie. She passed away several years ago. She was an invalid for uh, almost 30 years. She had an aneurysm when she was about 31. I left her paralyzed on the right side of her body, and so she couldn't really do a lot of traveling, couldn't do much of anything, really. Uh, read, write, speak, walk, tell time. Uh, you know, having to live roughly 29 years in that state, just kind of felt like this was the obvious solution. We spread her ashes over the vineyard. That way, she kind of comes back in the form of uh, vines and grapes, and she gets to travel the world now, see other places. There's not that much of it, really. We, our first year, we're only doing about 100 cases of it. I'm going to pull the first one off the bottling line and uh, stick it away. I'll probably take the second one and send it to her mother, because she'll want this. She'll want this bottle. Um, I'm a little numb at the moment. It's not. Uh... Yeah. It's a special day. five years getting to this point and so that's why it's so special to Maynard James Keenan the wine because his mother's ashes are buried in the soil and I remember when his mother died in 2003 and then 10,000 days that is a tribute to her that whole album and it's a beautiful thing and so that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, Blood into Wine. It is a, where is it available? <laughs> because everyone wants to always know, where can I find it? Is it on Fudu? Or they always want to know, is it on Netflix? Not everything is on Netflix. And, and to talk to people who binged Netflix so much during the pandemic and ran out of shit to watch. It's like, hello, there's HBO. Um, okay. So it's available on Tubi, Amazon Prime Video, uh, Plex, Sling TV, Voodoo, the Roku channel. Um, is it on DVD? Let's see. Oh, it's on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I can't drink it. No, I can't. I can't drink it. That's okay, though. I remember sometime what someone was saying to me, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the show. She was like, "I would just fucking die if they couldn't drink," 
And I'm like, well, that's kind of what would happen to me. Oh, no, you're just exaggerating. No, baby. It's not an exaggeration. <laughs> this shit is real. <sighs> it's real. But I don't need to tell you that shit. You could tell everybody else that. Um, as I get ready for bed, because, you know, it's been a long fucking day. Oh, jeez. Who left that on? Um, Make every day. No, shut up. Um, I'm going to try to get things in order tomorrow. Because I have to go to San Francisco. And I have to go see Tool. And I'm um, um, sorry, Pussifer. <laughs> see what happens to my brain. It's like, boop. Yeah. It's, it, it can be a crazy thing. Last night, I did a really great tribute to Angela Lansbury. And um, you can listen to it. You know, if you lived in the 80s, as I did, Murder, She Wrote was a cultural phenomenon. She <laughs> she was married to a gay man at one point, so she's a friend of the gays. I mean, how could you not? She was best friends with Elizabeth Taylor, who was, you know, um, the original um, friend of the gays. Although maybe Florence Nightingale was, too. Or as in my case, we say I say the queers. Because, you know, National Coming Out Day was yesterday. And I never officially came out because I always thought, didn't people, like, kind of get it? You know, I was throwing clues out there. It's kind of like, all right, you know, experimenting. <laughs> like, I'm a scientist. <laughs> well, that isn't my background. But anyway. Um, and so I, there's this really great um, doc, sex doctor, Dr. Chris Donahue. You. And he said that the term, he more identifies with the term queer. And I thought, you know, I do too. Because, and, and there's nothing wrong with the term gay. But that's just become such a, you know, it's like column A and column B. And I've never really felt a part of the gay community. Because it's kind of like, alright, I'm either too much or I'm not enough or I'm in the middle. So, it's a crazy thing. And so I, you know, plus I was like the book queer. That's such a great book. And just queer. That's like you're owning it. So I'm queer right there. I had to explain that to someone at Aftershock. They were like, Are you, do you identify as gay or queer? And I was like, I prefer queer. Because gay is like, I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> or you can put me in your bag or I'm an accessory. And if you're offended by my saying that, then too bad. Um, I think some people, you know, they just want the label and they want you to get it over with and uh, all that fucking shit. And, um, but like I said, this is my show and I can talk about what I want. And um, if you don't like it, I don't know what else to tell you. But you can go watch Blood into Wine, starring Maynard James Canaan. Tool and Pussifer and the Perfect Circle. Personally, I prefer Tool and a, and a Pussifer. <laughs> That's just me. To the chagrin of other people. Um, so, yeah. Here we go. We're going into Thursday. Get ready, motherfuckers. And then um, Halloween. I'm going to go see Halloween on Friday. So, Jamie Lee, I know you won't let me down. I, I know you won't. Um, her mother was a Stocktonite. 
Um, her mother went to the uni- University of Pacific, where I work part-time. Um, we have a theater named in her honor called the Janet Lee Theater. And at some point during this crazy month of October, I'm going to talk about Psycho. And I'm going to make sure that many of the uni- University of Pacific uh, students listen to it. Because I don't think a lot of them know about Janet Lee, uh, who came from the Northern California area, went to UOP, uh, was in films for a long, long time. And so she was already a star when she was in Psycho. And then the inevitable happens in the beginning of Psycho, and you have to watch it. And, I mean, you got Anthony Perkins and a whole bunch of crazy-ass shit going on, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, okay? Or they all called him Hitch. So, blood into wine. Tomorrow, Pussifer. If I'm able to film, I doubt it. I just, you know, it's like I have this feeling inside. Now I sound like Elton. Oh, jeez. I like Elton, but it's like sometimes, no. We get it. Philadelphia Freedom. Um, oh, you know what we'll probably talk about tomorrow is there is an FBI file on Aretha Franklin. <laughs> jeez. Jeez, she probably knew about that shit. That's crazy. That's probably one of them on me, too. You know, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Because, you know, I hang with the creatures of the night. So, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's hard to believe that last week around this time, I was watching Mishuga, motherfuckers. Or no, that wasn't. No, that was Tuesday. Oh, this. Oh, Wednesday, I was watching the Black Keys and Mountain View at the Shoreline Amphitheater. And then Thursday, I went to Aftershock. And then Friday, I went to Aftershock. Thursday was wild and I I've already discussed it and the mosh pit and all the fun and fun yeah and then Friday we ended it with Lamb of God and Meshuggah and, and I missed some of Lamb of God's set to go walk to the Meshuggah stage but thankfully it's online so I could watch it so um yeah that's the Dr. Zeus film podcast I need to go to sleep now Thank you for listening to this show. If you're a first-timer of this show, if you have any complaints, you can send me your dirty letters. Uh, you just uh, put them in. Uh, you can e- send it through the Anchor app. Um, otherwise, if you want to be on the show, you know it's all good. I'm always open to guests. We can talk about film. We can talk about music. I'm not going to talk about politics. I'm not going to talk about... Um, I I don't I don't like to dismiss my audience like some people, you know, who are just looking for an audience that wants DMT. I don't do that shit. So, um, yeah, it's the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. Good night and unpleasant dreams.